0: I'm Jason Klom and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast The years are 1963 and 1976. The albums are Funny Phone Calls, both of them an F, uh, and Alive! Exclamation point. The artists, Steve Allen and Mike Warnke, one of those you might have heard of. My guest is Ross Blotcher. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Jason. Nice to vinylly talk to you. Oh, my
1: God. Holy Does anyone shit. use that one? Ex-
0: nope. I should have <laughs> expected that from you. I mean, I love your show, and I love. I love your upsetting penchant for puns. So oh, I, 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 it's good. It makes me happy. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Yeah, it is. It is. But it, uh, I, I appreciate that. You know, there's other podcasts out there who don't have any shame. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, appropriate.
1: We're talking about Steve Allen. Yeah, of course. Who's I also mean, a, a, a witty man and a punster.
0: Yeah. I think, so your podcast is going to play into this, so it doesn't always happen that way. You okay. Know? So
1: I don't always like say,
0: what do you do? But Oh No, Ross and Carrie is appropriate for both the albums we're talking about.
1: Yeah. So it's a show about investigating fringe science, the paranormal, spiritual claims, alternative medicine. Uh, and my friend Carrie and I, we try these things out firsthand. And we just try to base the podcast off of our experiences. What happens when you show up at the Church of Scientology, try to get in, take classes, mm-hmm. What? Ha- how do they respond to questions, when do they ask you for money? So we just report on that, try to have fun with it, make it a comedy thing, Yeah. Uh, but also hopefully informative. Yeah.
0: Well, it's a delight, and it's it's one of those things that if you it will get its hooks into you if you listen to one. Thank you. You know,
1: I appreciate. That. I think, and I do think,
0: and we were talking about this, but I'm pretty sure the reason I started listening was Scientology. Oh, you know, yeah. I because I, I remember huge people drama. like the ads were like they do this. I'm like that does sound interesting. And then somebody said they basically oh they had the balls to get into Scientology. <laughs> I'm
1: like okay that sounds like they actually. And and for years when we were doing the show, everyone just kept asking every conversation kind of went to oh are you going to do Scientology? Of course. It was of course. the number one request. We wanted to, but you know we were. Uh, hesitant, uh-huh. uh, you know, for, for understandable reasons. But, yeah, once we finally did, then that became sort of... Before that, we joined the Mormon Church mm-hmm. and gotten baptized, and so that was kind yeah. of the main one everyone wanted to talk about. But now everyone wants to hear about Scientology. Of course. <laughs> and so I'd say the, the most requested episodes at this point that we haven't done yet are Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. and Landmark Forum.
0: Which is Landmark forum? Landmark. I uh, is. Yeah, I, I've yeah, came, heard of it.
1: Came out of the spiritual movement called EST, and now it involves kind of sort of a, like a multi-level marketing aspect oh, to right. it. And yeah, a lot of motivational speeches and it just gets very culty very quickly yeah, yeah, from yeah. what we hear. So uh, uh, everything is on our, we have this crazy list, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 13 and a half uh, page equivalent long and eight point font mm-hmm. uh, of, of ideas of things that we could do and we oh, get God. new ideas every day. So, so it's fun as a part of this podcast, I've learned about all these things I never had any idea of. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, we live in the perfect place, the Los Angeles area, sure. to do this sort of thing. Yeah, because everything finds its way to LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty, if pretty if
0: if you want if you want the opportunity to have a uh, a media presence, why not? Yes, be here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's so crazy when you'll talk about something that's literally that I pass every day, mm-hmm. or it's just like, oh, shit, that's what's going on there? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, oh, God, there's so many cult leaders nearby. That's what a Christian science reading room is. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And I literally it will block it out of my brain because I things don't have become part, part of the background it. otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it so much. So we're Thank picking, you. okay, so we pick Steve Allen. You yeah. pick Steve Allen he's so a
1: goofy goofy man yeah you were showing me your voluminous uh collection of mm-hmm. uh, amazing comedy albums but yeah Steve Allen what a talent I know uh he well I think, most people who know of him know of him for kind of inventing the late night genre mm-hmm. like the original tonight show yeah. he was the first host right and he invented all the the things like the man on the street interviews and the crazy stunts mm-hmm. and the prank phone calls uh-huh. and uh and I, I think even today you know the uh the lenos the conans the you mm-hmm. know the, all of the the current stable are still i think using a lot of those those ideas that he pioneered yeah and he was also a prolific musician i think he holds the guinness book of world records record for composing the most songs
0: what the fuck yeah and it's i had it's no thousands
1: idea. wait wait i'm blowing my mind i've gotta look this up <laughs> see this is the thing the you bring
0: a researcher onto your show you're going <laughs> to look like an asshole <laughs> uh and the album i'm just this is gonna be just incidental bullshit but the one that i i ripped and sent to you is the 83 re-release of this which is weird to me that it's so popular but i wonder if somebody's like there must have been some other Either there's a growing interest in Steve Allen, or Steve Allen mm. actively has this released, or there's a growing interest in prank phone calls, or it's just sitting around and somebody's just like, "Oh, let's just re-release something." I don't know. What Maybe do we have? you know, I can't tell. I wish I knew why this
1: was released again in eighty twenty years later. What I love too is that you know, it's it's called Funny Phone Calls, a mm-hmm. uh, phone with an F, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it feels so raw. You yes, know, it doesn't feel oh, yeah. as produced Mm-mm. as so many other albums of that sort would be you know you can see them making mistakes uh-huh. accidentally saying people's phone numbers <laughs> and trying to avoid that uh-huh. and people catching them in the act and so good. and and all of it is just it just feels so organic mm-hmm. and and i kind of love how unproduced it feels
0: me too like there's there's you know you'll hear the the beep beep that i guess was unavoidable as recording part of the phone call i
1: guess in the so. background yeah there was like one or two phone calls where you didn't hear that beep but mm-hmm. but the people on the other side They're they like, kept catching oh, this like I get it yeah, asshole yeah what's going on <laughs> over there what's this being recorded for yeah and it, it seems like at this time people really knew this this gig this whole like funny phone call this prank phone call thing because Mm -hmm. they'd be saying all right so what radio station are you on how long do you need to keep me on for right because clearly that was a thing like you keep this person on the line and you win a prize yeah
0: yeah yeah which is so great and it also ironically enough is creating skeptics live like you're creating people who are like come on like you know not everybody catches on right uh and none of them are cruel i think we should point that out they're not cruel they're just dumb (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. or they get savvy to. It's funny. the savvier they are to what's happening mm-hmm. the the more quickly Steve will try to lose them. Yeah, like, all right, well, this isn't funny. Uh-huh. you're you're trying to run the show now, uh-huh.
0: And I also love too that there's not enough technology, uh, obviously, because this is the '60s, to block out the audience. So people are like, "What? What?" I hear people laughing. Oh, I know,
1: <laughs> which totally ruins the illusion every time because you, you try to imagine how it sounds to the person on the other end. Mm-hmm. They get this phone call sometimes in the middle of the night. Some of these calls are like, you right. know uh, 12 o'clock or whatever, <laughs> uh, midnight, and uh, and so they're answering. And, and yeah, I can just you know hear through their minds. They're hearing this constant like beep. Beep. And then they're hearing an audience in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and so they keep trying to pass it off as, oh, well, sorry, I'm in a bar right now. Yep. And it's yep. just—it's really loud. And these people are laughing at me. People, this is not nice. Stop laughing at me.
0: <laughs> it's so dumb.
1: My my mom was a huge fan of Steve Allen. Mm-hmm. And so she got super excited when um, when I got into Steve Allen. And uh, I read this book called Inventing Late Night. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, the subtitle Steve Allen and the Original Tonight Show. And I got it signed by not only the author, Ben Alba, but uh, Jane Meadows, the widow mm-hmm. of uh, Steve Allen, who just died a couple of years ago. But the reason I, I really got turned on to Steve Allen was because uh, here in L.A., for many years, there was the Steve Allen Theater yes. on Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, Which was connected to the Center for Inquiry, Mm -hmm. so there's that skeptical, critical thinking connection there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was involved there with their book club and their independent investigations group to investigate the paranormal. And right downstairs, you have the Steve Allen Theater that puts on all these, you know, weird offbeat shows. Yeah, Yeah, like uh, like the Reanimator or you know Edgar Allan Poe stories or Emo Phillips. Yeah, like all kinds of really fun alt stuff. And uh, and so at one point they were also not only did they have his bust there in the theater yep. this giant Steve Allen bust, uh, but they uh, did a recreation of a show he did uh, it, in later years mm-hmm. uh, called Meeting of the Minds. Okay, and and he wrote these scripts with his wife and with others, and they would just be uh, a bunch of people sitting around a table together. So you'd have like um, uh, I don't know, like uh, Alexander Hamilton mm-hmm. and. Uh, maybe Cleopatra and Charles Darwin. And they'd just pick a bunch of figures awesome. from all throughout history and have them kind of debate on some issue. I love it. Yeah, and it was it was totally brainy stuff. Sure. But they'd make it fun and, yeah, and yeah. put in just the right amount of comedy. That's amazing. Uh, so I got to see about three or four of these reproduced mm-hmm. uh, with the actors there playing it out and Jane Meadows in the audience. It was so cool. That's amazing. Because it yeah. had been done in public television back in the day. Okay. Jane was often playing... The Cleopatra right. or the Joan of Arc or whoever it may be. I love it. Yeah. It's
0: so good. Yeah. I missed out on a lot of that because when I first moved out here, I honestly, interestingly enough, my first assumption when I saw the Center for Inquiry, not knowing what it was, I uh, was like, shit, was Steve Allen a Scientologist? That literally was my first thought. I didn't know. I had, because it was such a generic sounding term, I immediately assume, oh, there's,
1: there's a occult attached. So I'm going to move on. Fair enough. <laughs> then eventually, you know, did, I think I read something. You know, but yeah, Steve you know, Allen used my eyes was to a, read. a real critical thinker yeah. and, and very much involved in that. So he was all for science. He wrote a lot of books too. The mm. Guy was just prolific on so many levels. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote a book called Dumpth. Uh huh. All about like idiocy. And, um, uh, yeah, and, and kind of remained an active commentator until his death, which I think was uh, either late 90s or 2000, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, clearly a brilliant guy.
0: I just, uh, to me, it makes me feel good about myself when I can see somebody's range of creation, when they will do everything you're talking about, and then release an album of stupid prank phone
1: calls. Yeah. It makes me very happy. I, and I wondered if he maybe kept the audience around after one of his uh-huh. shows and said, hey, guys, stick around. We're going to do some prank calls together for an album. Right. Right. Yeah, that's how I picture that's it. That's a good I question. I don't, I don't know. know.
0: They're very, they're pretty rich. I mean, it starts out with uh, my car just went over a cliff, and like just, <laughs> yeah. and then like the punch at the end is just, well, I need, well, sir, why do you need to have your car towed out of the cliff, no, uh, off the cliff now? Well, I gotta well. get home. <laughs> it's <so laughs> yeah. Dumb. It's so dumb. And the guy's onto it, and it's so weird because in listening to it, I'm like, wait, did he hire actors? And I'm like, no, I think that's legit how professionals spoke back then. Mm. It's just a very different mm-hmm. way of speaking.
1: Yes. Uh, and then... Yeah, and it's funny because you hear, like, this little slice of life from the mm-hmm. 60s of, you know, how people responded to things mm-hmm. and, uh, and how they catch on to a prank yeah. in the act. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. And he goes into it clearly not knowing what's going to happen. And you can tell he hasn't even prepped the first line. Right. Yeah, the yeah. phone's ringing. He's like, mm, what are we going to say to this person? <laughs> <laughs> and he really doesn't know. It's so good. Also, there's
0: this one. So when I first
1: listened to this, this was
0: last year when I was trying to listen to a comedy album a day and failed. Uh, very difficult. To wow. Do, oh,
1: yeah. Most of the albums suck. Like, it's just that well, most comedy a, albums aren't good. Yeah. And that's a that's that's a big commitment.
0: I got through like 120 of them.
1: I want to okay. say. So, you
0: know, that's about okay. a third of
1: a year. so I, I'm impressed. You know, right? <laughs>
0: it's And this was one of them, and I'm glad it was, because it was like a reprieve. uh But it also, speaking of Slice of Life, I've literally never in my entire life heard somebody say, what say? When they're trying to get you to, <laughs> and I now say it because of this album, because it's, it's adorable. <laughs> it's great. the most adorable. I've never heard that before in my life. You would think by now I would have, like, I watch a, enough old shit, listen to enough old comedy. What say? What say? <laughs> that's great. Yeah. There's something a very, there's something unique about the way steve because you can tell exactly what you mean when you say that
1: but it has that nice little ring of antiquity
0: Uh uh-huh it throws you completely love it is there a specific uh is there a particular prank on here that stands out
1: to Uh, you a moment oh man uh well i i love the appeal to various celebrity guests Uh uh-huh that he would have in there oh and 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 just when people would doubt that it was him Uh uh-huh so sometimes people would be like, "Oh, it's Steve Allen, that's great." And uh-huh. other people are like, "No, you're not Steve Allen. Who are you really?" Yeah. One time he really confused matters by saying he was Art Linkletter, uh-huh. who I got to meet once actually. Really? Yeah. Art Linkletter. He was in his 90s. I think uh-huh. 92. He gave the commencement speech at my graduation. Holy crap! From Woodbury University, and I was one of the commencement speech speakers. Oh, hey, I'm a great speaker. <laughs> and so I was uh, I was up on the the stage with him, and uh, my mom was freaking out. because Art Linkletter was there the day Disneyland opened. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So at one point, he tell, uh, Steve tells one of the listeners, oh, I'm, or the caller, callees, I'm Art Linkletter. And then he changes it later and says, no, no, I'm actually Steve Allen. And the guy's like, okay, but who are you really? <laughs> so then he's just grasping at straws, trying to come up with other names. like, no, no, but really, I am Steve Allen. I don't know how to convince you now. Uh-huh. <laughs> we've, we've lost that moment. Uh, I, I would say, I don't know, maybe my favorite one is where he, uh, he calls up a couple ladies who are trying to rent out a room. Mm-hmm. And he uses the, the fake falsetto voice. And I'm trying to think of who he reminded me of when he did that. Shoot, because it was some other some other man trying to pretend to be a woman. But it was it was that kind of voice. But they saw th- through the ruse right away. Uh-huh. But they were these sweethearts with a good sense of humor. And so they were egging him along like, oh, granny, you know, when do you want to come over? <laughs> He's like, are you making fun of my voice? <laughs> uh, that was amazing.
0: God, and if, th- if this album... We're done today. We would be, or this shit is done on YouTube all the time. And it's just like, let's see how violent we can get people to act over the phone. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Where there's, there's no charm. Where right. this is like, this, right. we're just going to be cute
1: with somebody. Right. What, uh, yeah. What extremes can we drive people to? Uh huh. But in this case, I think they were trying to engage with people's better natures. Right. And when things did start to get a little contentious, they would either end the phone call mm-hmm. or uh, or l- l- let people in on the ruse.
0: Yeah. All. Can I tell you something? All my brain is doing. So I directed a movie that was about a very big prank. Right. Okay. And. Uh, All I can think of, and things keep popping up more and more where people are like, oh, this prank and this prank and this prank. I even forced, I had one of my interviewers force this one guy to, we're like, what's the biggest prank you can think of that blew up into something? He's like, I don't know. I can't think of anything more than the subject of this movie. And then I I made my producer say, "And what about Scientology? He's like, yeah, you know, Scientology is kind of a (laughs) prank, right? But I'm now... I can't. I am inevitably linking pranks to skepticism, hmm. and just because you're in the room, yeah. but there is something, and because we're talking about Steve Allen, no, I think there's, there's something a there. there. But what is it? Am I? It's not a specious connection. I don't think. I think there's something where, like, I'm I'm literally having fun with you, but I'd also like you
1: to be aware that there's some truth behind what, because like he's not, yeah.
0: he's not, he doesn't want to fool them a hundred percent, right?
1: Right. Know? So uh, th- this is where you come to the idea of the honest liar, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a phrase that. Uh, the magician James Randi, oh, yeah, uh, the famous uh, founder of the modern skeptical movement, uh, has, has been known as, and there's a, a documentary called An Honest Liar about him. It's really good, oh, actually. Good. It yeah, is I good. recommend that to everybody. Um, but the, the idea is I'm going to fool you, and then I'm going to tell you how I did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of this magician attitude. Penn and Teller are well known for that. Sure. Uh, as well. And so, so I think there's a thread of that in there that we're almost inoculating you against other scams. Mm -hmm. So, so now when you get the phone call from the guy saying, Hey, I'm from Microsoft support services and, uh, you know, you have a problem with your computer. And (laughs) so we're calling you to fix it that you stop and say, okay, let's think about this. Yeah. Let's contextualize this. Uh, all right. Uh, what's my name? Uh, and then they're lost, you know, because they don't know who they're calling or talking to. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, yeah, I think it does serve that purpose. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much of a family podcast this is. I'm going to talk about so Santa whatever Claus. whatever like. Is that okay?
0: Uh, yeah, that should be fine. So uh, anybody who's got kids in the room, uh, I love Santa Claus. He's a good man. He's Me a personal too. friend of mine. But take your kids out of the room. We're going to talk about his personal life.
1: <laughs> and there we are. So, so, like, there's kind of a debate in the critical thinking community. Do you tell your kids about Santa? Yeah. And, and I did... Uh, Though I I wasn't as active of a participant, but I, you know, supported what was going on Uh because I think it's a really useful exercise. Mm -hmm. No one escapes into adulthood with an intact belief in, you know, Santa Claus. Like he's actually going to bring me gifts. And so I I think it's a useful exercise in like, oh, everyone can kind of quote unquote lie to you. Uh But this is this is a fun thing. It's a a cultural thing. We're all participating in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And it's a it's a net positive but then you can use that as sort of a um, an inoculation, a key to sort of evaluate other things that come across yeah. your desk and say, okay, could these also be the things that we all say are true, right. but don't actually believe? Yeah. So, so in a way, I think you're onto something. I think what he was doing is kind of uh, giving everyone just that little edge to say, oh, am I talking to a confidence man? Is this is someone getting their jollies? Yeah. <laughs> you know what, what's going on here in this situation?
0: Right. And there again, there's there's Seems to be joy the whole time. There's nothing in this album that reeks of, just doesn't feel gross. And
1: that's important, too, is that that doesn't make you cynical or Mm -hmm. closed off to kindness or joy or fun in the world, that you can have a little bit of fun with it.
0: It's not dissimilar to the idea where some people seem to be so very afraid of understanding the science of, like, love, for instance. Mm. Knowing that there's a million chemicals happening, why does that change that you just feel magical as a result of those right, chemicals, right?
1: Right, yeah, well, yeah. Why try to why try to downplay that or yeah. or be afraid of it? Uh, the the metaphor Richard Dawkins used uh, in a book was called Unweaving the Rainbow, uh-huh. and it was this fear that oh, if we explain the rainbow in scientific terms, it'll take away its majesty. No, it makes it better. It's the
0: same with comedy. People hate when you break down
1: comedy. Oh, I right. love
0: breaking down comedy. <laughs> I will give you the A plus B plus C plus whatever the fuck. Yeah. I'm interested in
1: knowing how that works. Right, what's I, a rule of thirds being played here? Right. I I used to be afraid of it I used a, a to be of threes, rule yeah. of threes well yeah. that's still it's okay they, they, I'm not I'm thinking play. of photography you are that's now thinking of, of photography thirds,
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I used to be so afraid of talking about comedy and then I'm like why what am i
1: ruining what right. am i afraid of don't be precious about it right like wh- when we get hungry mm-hmm. we still want food even though we know <laughs> right. you know it's just our stomach signaling to us that it's a vacated whatever was there before it's yeah. ready for new material mm-hmm. uh that doesn't make food taste any less good no and if you know that you know cuddling with your spouse or significant other gives you oxytocin uh-huh. that doesn't make it any less enjoyable No.
0: it still feels i mean that's the whole point yeah it's kind of more interesting isn't right. it like I right get, to oh. me
1: life is more interesting the more you understand yeah. about it and and i get maybe that's just our personality that sure. we're particularly excited by by that kind of analysis but but it doesn't ruin anyone's uh, groove but i wasn't always so i mean you know it, it does take
0: you know it took a step to like become that like i was i was afraid but i think it doesn't take much to be like oh eh, understanding a thing makes you enjoy it more you step step over that threshold and yeah. it's rewarded yeah right yeah. i think so um we got deep for a moment guys. I hope you all really deeply yeah. appreciate that. Welcome to Comedy on Vinyl. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you did you listen to a lot of comedy records at all as a kid or no? Because you uh, picked
1: two that were in my collection, you didn't necessarily pick two you listened to as a kid. So. Yeah, that's a good question. As a kid, as a kid, I was raised very much an evangelical Christian, right? And so I was listening to a lot of uh, spiritual music, and uh-huh. but but I was also introduced to a lot of like black and white film. Okay, so I'd say that was more my connection with the past and some of these same figures, like. Um, you know, Marks Brothers and oh, good, all right, uh, yeah, like uh, it would be usually through film mm-hmm. stuff like you know, Duck Soup, rather of than say, well, that makes me happy that you got to
0: see Duck Soup because that's the most fucking <laughs> underground shit. It makes me so happy.
1: Or, e- or even like the TV shows, you know, whose line is it anyway? Uh-huh. Right? That kind of stuff, um, th- r- rather than the comedy albums.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, honestly, like I a lot of at this, I've, I've reached a point where people, even of my age, but definitely younger most of the time comedy albums weren't a thing it was i yeah. saw all this shit on tv i could we had everything available
1: to it's us more as i got to like college age that then it'd be like oh you need to discover these greats and mm-hmm. kind of where they came from so uh that's where i'd get into stuff like tom lair mm-hmm. uh or oh yeah or um i, I don't know if it's necessarily com- well there's elements of comedy but like the kingston trio mm-hmm. uh that was one that uh, that was an was- accidental pun i just feel like you just I feel like it's did I, you did just said elements of comedy right after you oh said my goodness, so I just feel was, like I should point it out. That was entirely uh, un unplanned, but it's amazing. Beautiful. It's beautiful. The, speaking of which, uh, I did I did memorize the element song. Oh my god! Because because well, a I'm a nerd, yeah, and b I have a really good uh, for some reason I have this great memory, mm-hmm. like they can memorize stupid stuff. That's like, awesome. Uh, like I've gotten up to 600 digits of pi. Jesus Christ. Actually, I did did get up to 1,000 for a bit. Oh, my God. Yeah, for some reason, I can do that. My dad was a math teacher. We had a competition about this early on. Uh, My dad was definitely the one who introduced me to Kingston Trio. Uh Uh, But yeah, Tom Lehrer, I'd always love the Element song. And I always thought in the back of my mind, I should memorize that. Mm -hmm. Then I saw an interview with Daniel Radcliffe. Yep. Uh, you've seen this? Yes. On uh, the Graham Norton show, I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, and he sings the element song. So gleefully, by And the I way. thought, if a professional actor who memorizes things for life can do it, why can't I? Yeah, of course. And so I spent a couple days memorizing <laughs> the element song, and it the best thing I ever did.
0: It's. I wish I still had that. Once in college, I'm like, I'm going to learn the Modern Major General song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I memorized it. And, it, and I literally, I just sat in my college <laughs> dorm room for two days. Or, or no, no, I lie. It was an afternoon. I memorized okay. it in an major, afternoon. General. That's, yeah, that's and it's good. a great, fun song, and it had all the notes. So I knew what I was singing about. That helped. Same tune.
1: Okay, yeah, I, I don't know that one from uh, Pirates of Penzance.
0: Oh, so. my God, it is the same song.
1: It is. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, Why, yeah. I wasn't Tom even Lair- drawing the connection. Oh, yeah,
0: no, Tom Larry stole an that. idiot. <laughs> Holy I oh, took that God. melody and That's just It's amazing. I love that we're both talking about the same
1: thing. And and masterfully put all these long words like antimony and mm-hmm. selenium, you know, like mixed them <laughs> into a rhyme inside uh-huh. of the Pirates of Penzance tune. Uh, amazing. The uh, do
0: you What was I going to say? Oh, no, that's the thing. The one thing I did memorize like this, it was fairly impressive when I was like 13. I had the Disney Encyclopedia of Characters that came out in like 92 or 93. Now we're
1: talking my language. Yes. I happen to work for Disney. That's my, Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to say my side job outside the podcast. (laughs) It's it's the other way around. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) And at some point I could tell you the first cartoon any character appeared in up to 93. Amazing. And I I thought I was going to be an animator. And that was like my thing. And now That's what I think back on now as a 37-year-old man, like, what the fuck has happened to my brain? Like, it's all... I could still kind of do some of it, but yeah, yeah. it's gone.
1: Uh, you know, th- that's that's a sad thing. You realize <laughs> you don't use it. You do yep, lose it. It's gone. It, it atrophies. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of knowledge like that. Like, I used to know a lot more about Star Wars than I still do. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and baseball stats. I used to be like really into baseball really? for a few years. So yeah, those passions of your childhood. Yeah, they can't fade away. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. But yeah, still very much into cartoons. Total, totally an aside here, but just talking about uh, uh, reverence for awesome things from the past. Have you at all heard of the game Cuphead? Yes, I been, want so badly to play it. Oh yeah, I don't play video games, but that I will play. It's a hard game. By that's the what, way. I, that's like, what I. That's it's understand. a tough game. But but what they did is they recreated the 1930 style animation with the rubber hose, uh-huh. and, and they did such a good job. It's a beautiful thing to uh-huh. behold. We just had uh, one of the animators, Tina Navrotsky. Uh-huh. She uh, she came and gave a talk about. It. She's up for an Annie Award. Oh my and, god! And uh, she came and gave a talk about it, and it was just it was so cool. Blew my mind. Anyways, no, the, there,
0: it's the, the, kin, the Just like the kinetics match the 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 the. The weight of everything matches the frame rate. Oh, and they, uh, yeah, It's stylistically got, perfect.
1: Right. They got the timing and, and all the characters are doing the kind of bob and weave. And it just yeah. feels like some it's like. It's not just the '30s animation, but it's mm-hmm. like the '30s you remember. Yes, like they they captured that that oh, yeah. feeling of the memory of what it should look like and made it modern. Mm-hmm. And yet, it also moves with game mechanics, and, uh-huh. and they they put in just the right amount of like color separation mm-hmm. and grain. Oh, it's, it feels so authentic and cool.
0: I, I I I could watch somebody break that down like a nerd, like you know what oh, I mean. Like I yeah. could, if somebody wanted to be like frame by frame, like tell me, oh yeah, and this is like I, I would be fascinated. Oh yeah, yeah I yeah. love it. Do you know? Okay, this is going to go back to Tom Lehrer for a second because it's still technically on point. Do you know the story of of uh, like what happened to his archive? No. Well, you you know
1: that he famously at one point just said "fuck it." And stopped, stopped doing music like entirely. Right. and one, one thing I know is like he doesn't care about anyone care like copying his stuff or sharing right. his stuff. No, no, no. He doesn't give a shit.
0: And but he also won't do interviews. I did call him up once, and uh, oh. his, his number's in the book. He's like, you know, I don't do interviews. And I'm like, okay.
1: And so, so, so he's still around, but he's still
0: around. Yeah, he lives in Santa Cruz. His number's in the <gasps> book. So yeah, that's my hometown. Is it really? He's in Santa Cruz. Yeah, he's right around there. He Because <gasps> ta- he teaches it. He at least taught at Santa Cruz. Oh my god. You didn't know that? That's that's funny. so
1: appropriate because it's a hippie town. Yeah, it makes uh, it makes sense. Amazing oh, but I was, like, living near Tom Lair. That's crazy. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And I, I wanted to visit him, but, I, again, I'm pretty sure that I would be unwelcome. Not a mean man, but just he's a, allowed to be a human and private. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the gentleman who, uh, Jeff Morris, who is Dr. Demento's archivist, is a big fan of Tom Lair, as you can imagine. Met him once, had dinner with him, and Tom Lehrer basically said, here, do you want this? And he gave him a box of all of his masters. because <sighs> He just gave them away. What? So Jeff Morris has them. Jeff, he's been on the show. Jeff, I do hope you're going to do something with him if you haven't already. Oh, man. Because there's just so much potential Sitting there. Sitting on gold yeah. there.
1: Yeah. Oh, what a, what a brilliant it's mind. Yeah. Yeah, his stuff is so loopy, and you never know what he's going to sing about. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily political commentary. It's just right. whatever weird thing was in his mind that week.
0: But when it is, it's so good. Just like National Brotherhood was, week somebody was playing in something the other day and i love the shit out of that song it's so delightfully inappropriate
1: i'm just gonna throw out a little shout out here to anyone who's a big fan of tom Lair. my uh-huh. favorite modern day tom Lair is a guy uh-huh. named roy zimmerman uh-huh. uh still producing a lot of amazing uh just uh, it's a largely political commentary but it's mm-hmm. just brilliant stuff so we that out, out there if anyone wants more of that kind of thing that's good
0: um all right i think we're i'm not gonna say we can we have to stop talking about steve allen okay but i do want to know what you think of Mike Warnke, which I think needs like a lot. We need a lot of setup for this yeah,
1: guy. You know what? You exposed me to this. Okay, good. And I'm so glad you did. Okay, good. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Mike Warnke. This is amazing. So I was definitely influenced in my Christian upbringing by the Jesus movement of the late 70s mm-hmm. into the early 80s. And clearly Mike Warnke was part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was listening to musicians like Keith Green mm-hmm. um, and... Um, you know albums with Christian music, but Mike Warnke is the still apparently best-selling of all time. This is this is a small a small pond that he is the biggest fish in, but uh, he's the best-selling Christian comedian of all time. Oh, My God, I haven't I haven't seen anyone who's contested that, right? And I don't know who it would That's be. So weird, unless you count like Jeff Foxworthy, or something. right? Yeah, because
0: there are a bunch of people who can go on a Christian tour because they don't swear, right? <laughs> but but like it's just a clean tour that's not necessarily yeah that's interesting because i so i was as usual flipping through the the records i'm like comedy who the fuck is every once in a while there would be a who the fuck is this yeah yeah and if it's cheap enough i'm not going to spend twenty dollars on somebody i've never heard of but if it's cheap enough i'll nab it and i nabbed it and before i put it on i like i just googled the guy and i'm like okay i could tell he was
1: probably he rewards a google search oh yeah
0: he does I'm like, okay, he's a religious comedian, fine, I'm I'm ready for that. Yeah, yeah. And then I pop it on, I didn't look at the rest of his article on, on, on Wikipedia, pop it on. And, <laughs> oh, that's good, that's yeah. good to listen to it, it without
1: knowing what happened. <laughs> and honestly, he's a really good storyteller. Absolutely. I think he's very funny. Which he says like right from the outset. He uh-huh. says like, hey, you know, I'm not a preacher or anything, but I'm a real good storyteller. Yeah. He's got a little bit of the he twang. Does, I don't know where it comes from, but Me a little, little bit of the twang. Uh uh-huh.
0: And there are all these stories about just like, oh, you know, how, oh, you know, just chilling out on campus and how I just, you know, I, I, he, was, he was a Satanist, he says, right? He yes. Not yeah. just a Satanist. He was, he was like, like a high priest. High
1: priest. He, he says at one point in that album that uh-huh. he has had a coven of like 1,500 people. Yeah. It's, it yeah. Is, it's so, there's so many points, and I know we haven't gotten to this yet, but there's so many points at which you just know, oh, well, that's not true. Right. That can't be true. Uh-huh. But you're saying it, you know, mm-hmm. and and he would do it for comedic effect, and it was very funny. Yeah. Uh, it, so he would say things like, uh, I don't, know, oh, you know, there's this big guy, and his, you know, he's so big, his knuckles are dragging on the ground. Okay, we know that's not true. Of course, right? It's yeah, Oh, I knew this little nun. Oh, but she wasn't little. She was like six foot three. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe, maybe not. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just yeah. Well, I've been listening to Steve Allen. I'm a little skeptical. Clunky,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got. He's very charming. Yes. Um. He's a guy who I'm not a religious guy. wasn't raised too religious. But I'm like, you know what? Cool. You get. You know, a pass. I'm glad. I'm glad you're having fun. Yeah. You
1: know, I'm <laughs> glad. Glad you're enjoying your religion. You're being a cool dude. Yeah. So he's talking constantly <laughs> about all the terrible, terrible things he did yeah. as a Satanist. Yeah. But then how Jesus kind of crept into his life through all these holy rollers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and and so he'll make kind of these. Uh, Claims. Uh-huh. Again, the the raise little red flags here and there. Uh-huh. Like he said that he's been like cutting people's fingers off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says that he's a big drug dealer. Ron, we, we we
0: didn't mention that. He's a big drug, big drug dealer. dealer. On
1: so yeah, we don't know if the finger cutting was for drug right. purposes or for satanic ones. Uh, but then he has like uh this the campus crusade for Christ person, come uh-huh. talk to him. And he says, oh, I wanted to punch that yep, guy, but, right. I, but I couldn't. Like there was a, <laughs> there was an angel holding my arm back. And they said, and I tried to swear it. Gonna try to him, I'm going to to say, you filthy bad. And I couldn't say the word. <laughs> <laughs> God. It's, it's so entertaining. It
0: is like, it's, it's just like, I'm even like, okay, I get that that's his skew, but he's telling these in such an entertaining way that I'm like, I'm not bothered listening to the story. Now I
1: don't, I'm trying to remember what my perspective was like was I buying the satanist hmm. thing
0: I I don't know
1: yeah now now this is exactly the kind of thing though that that Christians were primed for and uh-huh. they wanted to hear yeah of course so right. so he was speaking their language and giving them exactly what they wanted which was this uh fear of satan active ro- roaming and roaring like a light uh I can't even say it <laughs> roaring like a lion uh, mm-hmm. which is the the phrase from scripture and and doing all these horrible things and there was uh, i think this helped in big ways he had this uh, book called selling satan yeah that was his you know personal story that really the comedy album is kind of a retelling of And, uh, and I think that directly led to the satanic panic of the eighties where you had, you know, all these people fearful of like the McMartin case. I don't know (laughs) if you've heard of this one. Is
0: that that the Metallica one or not Metallica? Is that one of the bands?
1: There was, there was one with, um, there was a, like a preschool where all the kids were telling these stories about their, um, their teachers abducting them and doing satanic rituals. Oh, wow. No, I didn't know about this one. Oh yeah. It's this famous, uh, case in regards to, uh, false memories. Okay. So you had all these kids telling these stories and they got more and more outlandish. Oh yeah, the teachers took us up in a plane and they were dressed like clowns. And like what, on a teacher's salary? They were doing all this? <laughs> right. And all these things that clearly could not be true. Uh-huh. But yet they took this and, you know, people got put in jail yeah. and it became this big media sensation. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. So there's this huge satanic panic, uh, throughout the eighties and I and I feel like, yeah, Mike Warnke and his ministries mm-hmm. was a direct conduit towards this. So here's a fun connection for me. Okay. I think uh, another route to that was a guy named Bob Larson. Okay. Who we've done a podcast on. Okay. He's, he's yeah. an exorcist. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bob Larson, the exorcist. He's a, uh, uh, people always want to, oh, is he Catholic then? No, he's Protestant, but he'll wear like the little collar Okay. Oftentimes okay. to look Catholic. Okay. And so he uh, goes around the world casting out demons. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carrie and I have attended one of his ceremonies. There might be an update in the future. I'm not going to say too All much right. uh, on, on this front. But um, it, I'll, I'll have to tell you some off air. Uh, right, it's please. pretty awesome. But yeah, uh, Bob Larson, anyway, so he had written books on the occult mm-hmm. and uh, had been good friends with Mike Warrenkey and sort of backed him up later on when Mike Warrenkey's okay. story sort of came into, uh, into question <laughs> uh-huh. so maybe we should talk about that
0: we should I, I want to point out like the one thing that is so
1: have you ever heard of the ungame? Oh my goodness! Okay. Yes. Oh, we had it. My yeah. mom loved it because she got to talk about herself uh-huh. for forever. Uh-huh. Oh my god! It's so rare that I hear people refer to the ungame. It's the he's the ungame of comedians. He's like, isn't Jesus great?
0: Jesus is so cool. And and, and I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, you know what Jesus is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm not ever going to be religious, but I, again, I'm on board with you, buddy. You're pretty cool. Oh, the ungame with the cheerful chalet. Uh huh. Yeah. And then there's one. There's just one card. The, the do your thing card. Which is yes! the do whatever you I, do. I still have it. I feel like I gave it away because I did own it
1: for a while. Oh, wow. Because I, I bought it in high school as an ironic gift for myself. And I'm like, this is the best. You know, I and should eBay that just to haunt myself in my past because I was trying to get away from the end game. Because, again, my mom would use this as cheap therapy. <laughs> where, uh, yeah, you there, there's, first of all, no way to win this game. No. No, you, you, each have no, a, you can't. That'd be... You each have a little plastic piece that looks like the sorry, oh, you know, oh. game board piece and you're moving along this board and it's got little locations where you stop by and they're all nice little chateaus or you know, no, there's like a scary forest I remember. But uh-huh. anyway, so that you pick one of four cards and it prompts you to talk about something in your life mm-hmm. or share the time when you were most scared or whatever it may yeah. be or do your own thing. Do your own thing. <laughs> Which oftentimes my sister and I would get up and we would just like do like a funk a dance. You know? <laughs> Oh, I'm doing my own thing. Oh, okay, your turn.
0: It's this place where Christian culture tries to co-opt hippie culture just yes. to make everybody like
1: cool with Christian culture <laughs> That's again. Totally
0: it. Like, you no, know, we're not square. We're not square. Look, 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 look. We make crafts too. And Mike
1: Warnke is the endgame of 100% comedians. One hundred percent. Abs- that is that is one hundred percent right. <laughs> Correct.
0: So let's talk about what happens um after this album.
1: Yeah. So he goes around. He's telling the story everywhere about how. You know, he was he was drugged out and he was performing all these ceremonies. But then he goes to the military and he gets converted for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so then people start looking into this story mm-hmm. and trying to see, oh, can we talk to people from his past? Sure. Does this check out? He also has uh, problems with uh, he's now divorced a couple uh-huh. wives, I think, at least one. And, and he's had some domestic abuse. Abuse problems uh, on his part. And so other people in the ministry are starting to worry a little bit about him, have little interventions. Hey, Mike, you know, I need to get this under control. But then I think it was Cornerstone Magazine, a Christian magazine, Uh did an expose on him. And so they went back and they found photos of him in the time period where he's supposed to have, you know, hair down to his waist and, Uh you know, be a total junkie. And he's just looking like your regular Christian kid (laughs) because he was already a Christian. Uh Uh-huh. And oops, this, oops. <laughs> yeah, the story does not pan out on mm. any number of levels. Turns yeah. out, you know, when you listen to the album, you're like, oh, you're making stuff up. And yeah. you realize, yep, he's just a, a compulsive liar. Uh-huh. Did
0: like, I, do I remember right that his defense was like, yeah, but still, the point's the same, right? Like, the, the end game's <laughs> kind of the same. Like, sure. still, we all need to find Jesus, though. <laughs> Isn't that the point?
1: Yeah, and then he wrote, like, a book about the church uh, backstabbing its own, shooting its oh, own. Oh, my. Uh, but, yeah, he got, he got exposed. <laughs> but that's the thing with uh, these... Uh, charlatans you know I like him but he's uh-huh. a charlatan yeah uh, is that they get exposed and then they find a way to come back mm-hmm. and so he's still got a ministry going on yeah he still gives gives talks and now he'll talk about you know the church shooting its own or whatever mm-hmm. maybe sometimes I think he'll still talk about his past yeah you you got me off in a rabbit trail on this one I was watching <laughs> other of his performances uh-huh. uh, there's a great deconstruction of his background story by uh, someone I think who's a, a pagan
0: interesting of, of some
1: sort that did a really good job of pulling his story apart as well that's on youtube that's cool uh, i think it's called uh world of Warnkey craft
0: hmm. so i i recommend
1: that to anyone who wants to kind of get the the skinny on his story but yeah like uh, people like him have come back people like uh, peter popoff mm-hmm. i don't know if you're familiar with him yeah i remember you talking about him on the show yeah he's a uh he was a flim flam guy who would bring in Pack crowds of audiences and he'd do the faith healing thing. Yeah. But then James Randi, who we mentioned earlier, exposed him on Johnny Carson's show. <laughs> oh, who was the third inheritor to The Tonight Show? Well, look at all these connections it. here. Um, and, uh, and so they showed that he. That Peter Popoff was wearing a hearing aid, mm-hmm. which is weird because if he can heal people with God's uh-huh. power, why is he wearing a hearing aid? And he's getting messages from his wife up in the booth. And all they did was they brought a radio scanner and they found the frequency. Oh, yes,
0: that's right. Okay, yeah.
1: Upon which they were communicating. Mm-hmm. And so then he, they recorded uh peter Popoff's conversations with his wife the one-way conversation <laughs> uh-huh. and the wife saying oh i need you to walk over to that lady and sometimes using ra- racial epithets and yeah all kinds of really awful horrible stuff oh and uh and bilking these people for their money yeah. using a confidence scam but the the whole point was people like him mm-hmm. come back as well so he yeah. was exposed humiliated claimed bankruptcy and now he's back selling miracle water it's boy oh boy unsinkable rubber ducks is what uh james
0: randy calls them i need to find okay but there's there's also one other thing with mike Warnke, which was if i remember correctly also a bit of a like just pretty much obviously taking a whole lot of money from his uh if i'm not mistaken like that's also part of what he does he's, he's he takes a, a good deal of money from his followers
1: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like that's... in millions yeah his yeah, it's the, the same sort of pattern where same like kind of thing, yeah. the ministry will have millions of dollars but then they'll always be claiming financial ruin, sure. and bankruptcy and oh I need I need more you need to help Jesus get his mission done. Of course. Well, I mean Jesus needs Jesus needs your money, Ross. <laughs>
0: So, if you're not giving your money to Jesus, who what you're wasting it. Why can't he get money on his own? You know, that, like I mean. if he can turn water he, into wine. Right. Why can't he? Sell
1: that wine. Jesus vineyards? Holy shit. Yeah. Um, why don't you turn carbon dioxide into dollars? That's a very good point. That can help the world. That's a really good point. Somebody <laughs> needs, can somebody make that painting, please? You've got more <laughs> of a following,
0: by the way. So, your following could at least like make us that painting. So, if uh, anybody's listening who's an owner of us. I,
1: I love yeah. it. Whenever we mention something like that, we've got all these amazing artists I love and poets. That. Uh, who, uh, who respond with cool stuff.
0: You know it's so funny? Nobody does that for this show. Like, I've got more people listening to this show than my other podcast, but I've got one about news radio. All right, get on it, artist. Yeah, right? I've got one fan about news radio, though, uh, or one one fan of our news radio podcast who draws shit all the time, including, oh, awesome. like, one of the characters we keep proposing is a serial killer, and he made this amazing poster of him as a serial killer, <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I love it. But, yeah, uh, I... I love discovering the thing is whenever I discover these small artists, it's usually like uh, 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 like they're usually locally distributed. Mm-hmm. They don't normally they're not normally the best selling Christian comedian of all time, right? And normally they're they're like okay, this is this is a fun little highlight of a period of time. Or like for instance, I found one guy who was a, a child, not a child star, but a, a children's television show star in Detroit, oh. who had a stand up album. One side is pretty beautifully sung music, and the other side is him. Kind of being a homophobe and a bunch of just like really shitty, e. just like, hey, this stuff plays in the sticks. So this is what I'm <laughs> going to do. In my So but you rarely find something like this where this guy's got a whole backstory yeah. connected to a quote unquote comedy. I won't say quote unquote. It is a funny album. It is. It's oh, a yeah. genuinely funny album. If Absolutely. If you didn't know
1: what was going on behind the scenes, you'd be like, oh. And, and even knowing what was going on behind <laughs> still the scenes funny. and suspecting it, uh-huh. I was thinking, oh yeah, but great presentation. Uh-huh. He knows how to turn the phrase. It's funny. A lot of his humor is clearly like re- relying on you seeing his impressions and, oh, yeah, that's and right, yeah. facial expressions uh-huh. and body posture. And so he'll say, and the guy is looking at me like this. And then you hear the audience. Uh-huh. Laugh. And so all you can do is picture Mike Warnke, who has kind of a weak chin, long uh-huh. hair, uh, interesting looking fellow, uh, and uh, so you, all you are left with is your imagination of what it must have looked like to the live audience. But still, it's funny yeah. and engaging.
0: I'm now realizing I'd probably have to play him if they made a biopic
1: of him. <laughs> uh you said weak chin and
0: i'm like oh wait hold on (laughs) give me a second it's either that or i have to play paul giamatti because that's what i get all the time (laughs) paul giamatti i hate that people say that every time i just i figure if i bring it up first then i've got control okay i love it now mike Warnke, though i'll play mike Warnke. okay in the movie unless he kills me yeah
1: yeah but he's he's still he's still active still doing his thing that's so weird. yeah he's a he's an interesting looking fella Mm -hmm. um i I, I wouldn't describe you the same way. okay, good, there we go. I'll take that good looking fellow.
0: It's weird though to be so desperate um that you have to keep coming back. I mean, I say that, and I'm an artist, so you know you keep making art regardless. so I I mean, get... we're podcasters.
1: we've got faces That's for radio. A... yeah, right, right exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, but like to come back to like a scam, a religious scam over and over again, you know what I mean? Yeah. as your thing. this is the one thing I know. only way I know how to make money is't yeah. that weird? That's just, that's sad. <laughs>
1: it's, no, it's sad. And, and and you vacillate between feeling bad for that person uh-huh. and feeling bad for their victims. Of course. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, of course, you always end up on the victim side. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's probably a, a tortured soul in the middle of all this. When, at the same time, he could have just,
0: I mean, if he just stuck with Christian comedy, what a cool dude he'd be. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there would be nothing to stop him. But he uh-huh. used that satanic story as a crutch. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then then he's committed committed to it cuz he said all these things mm-hmm. uh, that are just clearly not true yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's yeah. insane it was fascinating I, it was really fun to fall down that rabbit hole it's a fun dichotomy the two people that we
0: that you've picked for this particular episode yeah. I, I i don't know i don't know if your intention was to have that but i mean it's it is it the ultimate skeptic we, f- we found the connection yeah it's beautiful i i love it so much do you is oh I guess I didn't ask on the Warnkey album. Is there something that stands out for you like as a like particularly funny or well told story that was like oh no this is pretty good.
1: Oh I mean I I love uh, you know as a as a purveyor of bad puns. I uh-huh. I love some of the silly wordplay. Like he'd say things like oh and there's this guy who's all strung out on pot and you know he he would say wow and they'd say. Wow, to this, and you'd look over there, and you know, you'd walk up to him and say, Wow, and then he'd even say it backwards, Wow, right? (laughs) Yeah, of course, terrible, but I loved it. Yeah, that's it's enjoyable. Again, it's there's there's bits of joy in there, too. And 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 something that we do with the podcast because Mm -hmm. we've only got the sounds of our voices, Carrie and I, uh, droning on about whatever it is we've done, Mm -hmm. we have to rely on our descriptions of people, sure, and that's something that Mike warren is really good at mm-hmm. you know and and it's obviously farcical and caricatured but it does paint a really clear mental image mm-hmm. so he excels at that
0: that's absolutely true do you if oh bless you we have a sneeze in the room um uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> of these two albums would you actually because normally towards the end i'm, I'm like why recommend this album? Would you recommend people listen to both these? And would oh, you recommend yeah. them? Like, what information do you think people should have before they
1: listen to them? So, so yes to both. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's there's so much fun stuff to interact with when it comes to Steve Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd recommend checking out some YouTube clips. Absolutely. Uh, it, a lot of stuff got destroyed, which is really yeah. sad. Uh, but uh, but you can still find a few things, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's just it's a fun callback to an earlier, simpler time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but still with very clever minds involved, uh, so so I highly recommend Steve Allen's album Funny Phone Calls and Mike Warnke. Yeah, but uh, but knowing the story makes it so much better. Yeah. So so listen to the album, then read up on his backstory in more detail. Yeah. And uh, and then maybe listen again.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I, that's kind of perfect. Um, well, thank you for doing the show. Thank you. I would love to have you back if, you, if there's ever anything you want to talk about. You're an animator. We could talk about a soundtrack to an animated movie just as an excuse to talk about it. I'm in.
1: We've done it. I mean, Lauren Bouchard talked about Robin Hood for an hour, Since, and it was amazing. Well, you know it what's It's funny. I was just talking with Carrie the other day about our favorite moments, because we'll often, mm-hmm. after an investigation, recount our favorite moments, and she was asking me you know, like what would be my favorite moment in all of the time we've been uh-huh. asking, and that was too hard a question for me to answer, but she had one, which is when... We were at a Raelian Happiness Academy. Uh-huh. raelians its a UFO. I was going to say cult. No, I'll say cult. It's cult. Uh-huh. Um, definitely. And uh, they had us in this deep meditation. They were having us picture the embassy that they're going to build in Israel. Turns out Israel won't let them. So wherever they uh-huh. get to build this embassy, they're going to wait for the aliens to come back in 2035, I think, is the target date. And so then this music starts coming up, new music during the meditation, and it is from the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> and they're playing like you know like as the rain starts to fall when Simba comes back, mm-hmm. they're starting to play that music <laughs> and da, 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 da. and Carrie and I lose our shit. We just like, we start chuckling. We can't look at each other because we know we both know this is from the Lion King. So good. You've come up to the Lion King. So that's what you made me think of. Oh, that's <laughs> so fucking
0: great. I love it. Um, This is going to come out in a few weeks. I wish I had a specific date, but I'm lost right now. So... Uh, Where can people find you? What do you want to promote? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, check out our ongoing adventures. I think we'll probably still be in the middle of our Rhythmia investigation, Mm -hmm. which is where I go take ayahuasca in Costa Rica Mm -hmm. and uh, nearly die. At least as far as I'm as far as I know, I'm nearly dying and uh, it's a wild story. Uh, you can find us at uh, MaximumFun.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we live there with uh, Jesse Jordan Go and Bullseye and all mm-hmm. those fun shows uh, so you can find us there Onopodcast.com uh, as well. We have Twitter, OnoPodcast, podcast and uh, Facebook is a really good place to interact mm-hmm. with us. We post lots of cool stuff uh, facebook.com forward/ slash onrack onRAC Awesome. Are you on Twitter yourself? Did you already say that? Nah, I'm a, I'm am a Damn. lame wad. Damn it, Ross! I've been avoiding the whole Twitter thing. Mm-hmm. I, every now and then I feel like oh, I should do it, mm-hmm. and then I then I remember like, oh, it's the the I don't know the um, the platform for Donald Trump. Uh, do I want to write? Do I want to dignify Twitter? You it's know, so you're at some point I will, but uh, nope. <laughs> Are there, You never talk about the <clears> – <throat>
0: I don't know if you're ever allowed to, but can you talk about any of the Disney projects you're working on that are coming um, out?
1: I, I can. There are certain things I can say, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm very well aware of what I'm allowed to talk about. So I can not say we are working on Wreck-It Ralph 2 right now. Yeah, Ralph Breaks the Internet is mm-hmm. the actual title, and um, Wreck-It Ralph 2 is the subtitle. Yeah, I, w- I was such a fan of the first Wreck-It yeah. Ralph and and really I am a fan of what we do at Disney Animation Studios cuz mm-hmm. uh, I think we've been hitting it out of the park lately. Mm-hmm. So yeah, look for that coming. Uh we've also announced A Frozen 2. So oh my this God. is this is weird. Our, Jesus. our last official sequel would have been The Rescuers Down Under back in 1990 oh my god we did make a winnie the pooh film that i directly worked on mm-hmm. in 2011 but it's not technically it's not a sequel, like a sequel or anything. sure sure so so yeah we, we don't consider ourselves a sequel house mm-hmm. um but all of those kind of spin-off movies mulan 2 and everything mm-hmm. uh which came up in an investigation that was crazy it was like touted by one of the churches we interacted with as like <laughs> the the mind control That's right. for the youth the mulan <laughs> 2 hilarious <laughs> Th- those were done by kind of a different division okay so now we've got two in a row and then we go back to uh, uh some original stuff but that's crazy uh, yeah look for that holy shit rescuers down
0: under oh my
1: god i love that, loved that movie oh yeah no it's great i was raised on i know a lot of people get snooty about it i think it was great
0: no i think the last one i saw in theaters was no it was whatever's before pocahontas like at some point i they
1: started to oh drop lion off. king was right before Jesus pocahontas. christ yes yeah, so, lion it, king so funny everybody working on those two films mm-hmm. wanted to work on pocahontas that was the luxury you know cruise liner that was the film. that was the film that was going to change the world uh-huh. lion king was just this weird little offshoot thing <laughs> you can never tell where these things are going. we we felt that way about frozen mm-hmm. like we had no idea it was going to blow up the way yeah it did. yeah no idea that's amazing
0: that's funny. Um, well, thank you again for doing this. Thanks for having me. Uh, everybody, I, I, I don't know what the hell to promote. You know what? I mentioned it earlier. Listen to Dispatches from Ford Awesome, a news radio podcast. I have so much fun doing that show. Uh, I, I have fun doing this show, but like that's, that's like a weird side nerd thing. So if you like this show, news radio, or if you've never even seen it, it's still a fun show. Got some really awesome interviews coming up. So I don't know. Listen to that. Well, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. <music> Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune in to the new stand-up channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast.